Hey there, and welcome to our podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Now, before we begin, we want to remind you to please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at our church. Thanks again for joining us, and now, enjoy the episode. Give you a few moments to find your place. Exodus chapter 15. Been debating on how far to read. Here lately, we've been making a lot of strides, one whole chapter at a time in the past couple weeks. Uh, I don't think we'll be making it through the entirety of this chapter, uh, but probably so, summarizing up the first 21 verses. And uh, so um, we'll begin reading, but we may, bear with me, we, we may read those 21 verses because we will be jumping around uh, from time to time as we look at some some encouraging thoughts. Uh, just it's, it's a very uplifting chapter. A time of rejoicing is what this chapter is about. And um, uh, what it, it's, it's a blessing to, to see the place where God's children are. And uh, so we're going to dive into chapter 15 and verse 1. And want to deal with the thought that you know God is worthy of our praise. A God worthy of your praise. And uh, we'll speak more about that as, after we uh, read and pray. We'll begin to unpack this together. All right? If you're there, say amen. Amen. All right. Exodus chapter 15, and we'll start in verse 1. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him an habitation, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as an heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. Thou didst blow with the wind, the sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Thou stretchest out thine right hand, the earth swallowed them. 
Thou in thy mercy hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in thy strength unto thy holy habitation. The people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold on the inhabitants of Palestine. Then the dukes of Edom shall be amazed. The mighty men of Moab, trembling, shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them by the greatness of thine arm. They shall be as still as a stone till thy people pass over. O Lord, till the people pass over which thou hast purchased. Thou shalt bring them in and plant them in the mountain of thy inheritance. In the place of the Lord which thou hast made for thee to dwell in. In the sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. For the horse of Pharaoh went in with his chariots and with his horsemen in the sea. And the Lord brought again the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. And Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a tremble, or excuse me, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them, Sing ye to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Now what great admiration for the Lord you see in these verses. And so let's pray and ask God's got us tonight. Father, we need you. Uh, once again, Lord, uh, help us to see the uh, blessing of what it means to praise you, to worship you. Father, our hearts as your people should never be far from worshiping you, your name, what you have done, what you do. Um, for us, what we cannot do for ourselves, what you do for an unworthy people. And I pray if we learn anything tonight that we will learn that our lives should be in a continual state of praise. That there should never be a moment when our hearts cease from praising you for your deliverance spiritually in our life, your deliverance in the daily warfare of temptation and the power of sin and thankful and praise your name for the blessed hope that we have of a soon coming deliverance from the presence of sin. And so, Lord, I pray our hearts would be humbled and softened and just remember that we serve the delivering God and worthy of our praise. I need your help. I need your power tonight. Fill me with your spirit. And I pray that I, all that I say and do tonight pleases you and edifies your people. And I pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. You know, when, um, regardless of who you are tonight, whether you are a child of God or not, um, God has done some great things for you. Amen. You know, for the unbeliever, this is what we call a common grace that God has to all creation. Um, the fact that an unbeliever breathes air is a sign of God's grace in that sense on their life. Uh, for a believer, 
you have all of God's grace for your life. Amen? And not just the, the common grace that we see broadcasted over the world, but we have all of God's grace as sufficiency for our lives. The Bible says that we have grace in time of need, any need and all needs, we have God's sufficient grace. Amen? Here's the difference. It should not be surprising to us that an unbeliever not praise God for how he, God has been gracious to him. Amen? There's many in this world that do not know the Lord. They will not recognize God uh, for what he has done even for them as unbelievers. They do not praise God. But that shouldn't be a surprise to us, right? Because they don't, they, they, God does not abide in them. They have not put their faith in Christ. But those that are believers should never abandon worship. Amen? Worship should be a priority for us. Um, I think sometimes maybe some believers think that worship is just do it as I feel like it. But, but worship is something God deserves, I think, over every moment He gives us life as believers. He deserves praise. He deserves worship. We should not be a forgetful people. We should not be a people that becomes complacent with worship. What I want us to learn tonight as we look at chapter 15 is really seeing the kind of heart of worship we should have today. Um, and so I want to look at a few things tonight in this chapter through these verses um, about that God is worthy of our praise. And I want to start out just in verse 1. I want you to see this. But before we, before we even get to that, let me remind you of where they've come from. I'm going to do a full recap of everything. But I, I want to remind you because the first word in chapter 15 is then. Now just hold on to that for a second. What has just happened in their life historically is probably one of the greatest miracles on earth that's ever been done was the delivering from, one, at that time, the greatest world power known was the exodus out of Egypt up towards of around 2 million people estimated leaving, exiting Egypt and crossing the Red Sea on dry ground. And the odds, the physical odds, were against them. Logic was against them, but logic was not leading them or providing for them. It was the divine that was leading and providing. He surpasses logic. Amen. He transcends logic, time, and space. Nothing is beyond his power. God has done a miraculous work for the individuals of, of, of this people that he has chosen for himself. Uh, spouses and children and families and livestock, he has brought them away from bondage. And not only that, God said that the, you will see them no more. I get excited when I read that about the Exodus. Hey, just watch the salvation of the Lord because you're not going to see them ever again. And I go back and I'm thinking about, thinking about the bondage I had as an unbeliever. I'll never see that bondage on my life ever again. Why? First John tells us the seed of Christ is in me and remains in me forever. And so that is what has happened. And in the conclusion of 14, we find the people trust God and trust Moses. Beautiful picture of going forward for the Lord. Now verse 15. Then. You see their punctual praise. 
Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. And spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider. I, I love that when I read that. I get tickled. The horse and his rider. You know, God has sunk. He has destroyed. I want you to see this. In, in, in verse 1 is the word then. What you're going to find is this, that they did not allow any other time to pass before they worshipped God for what he just done for them. Then they sang. Not later, not tomorrow, not after I get a night's sleep or when it maybe is convenient. No, they, you can imagine they were exhausted after coming through all of that. They were, I mean, you think about all the energy it took going through there and all that was going. Just, can you ever imagine yourself crossing the Red Sea, what that would have been like? And when they saw the, the soldiers washed up to the shore, some that were brought up to the shore, dead, then they sang a song. How many times does God do wonderful things for your life? He provides, He gives you strength, He does a work in your life that you could not do yourself, and you wait later to praise Him for it. Now, have you ever delayed your praise, delayed your worship? Okay, God, that was a great thing, but I've got the next thing on my agenda to get to. And you go on about your day. My dear friends, pausing for worship is just as important or more important as the next thing on your list to do for the Lord or anything. Because here's what happens with worship. Worship is not just the praise for God at what He's done now, but it sets your heart to praise Him again the next time as you go forward for Him. It conditions your heart to keep worshiping. Amen? It works on you. It conditions you. It continually prepares your heart. Now remember, Moses told them, be still and be quiet. Right? Because the Lord, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but the Lord is your salvation. Notice what He's going to do. There was a point where they were to be quiet and be still, but now they were to speak up. Break the silence and worship God, to worship God. Matthew Henry said it this way, they were to hold their peace, but now they were to break their silence. Because everything that just happened was by God's hand, not theirs. Amen? And friends, let us see a great sin in our life when we see the hand of God in our life. And let me just add this note to it. You should see God's hand on everything in your life. All right? So keep that. So when you see God's hand in your life, let not the sin of not worship be present in your heart. Because without the hand of God, you don't even exist. Amen? So then they worshiped. You'll find, as one author said, he, he, he said it this way, uh, the, this song stirred their hearts of praise before their feet stirred the dust of the ground moving on. Sometimes we think that uh, doing things right for God is just moving on to the next goal, and to the next goal, and then the next goal, all under, under the heading of ministry, and going, 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 and we forget that part of going forward, or what is just as important about going forward, is worshiping God. Amen? Worshiping God. 
This is just as much about your spiritual journey and growing in God as your prayer life and your Bible reading. Worship. Worship's not just in the church house. Worship should be wherever God has you at that very moment in time. Then, I woke up this morning, and after the Lord's help, trying to you know, condition myself before my feet hit the ground, thank God for allowing me to breathe again. Worship Him. Then, when you see God's hand, worship Him. One of our biggest mistakes is this. We, we, and maybe you've done this. Anybody ever procrastinated? Any honest people in the house? We'll go that route. <laughs> procrastinated. And, and so let me just say this. One of your biggest mistakes is ever responding to the abundant mercy and grace of God by embracing a delay of worship or a good intention to worship later. That's a mistake. That is sin. God is worthy of daily, moment-by-moment worship. Amen? I love that first word in chapter 15. Then. Then they worshipped. Ask yourself, do I forget to worship? It's not because God's not worthy of worship. It's not because His mercies aren't new every day. It's not because He changes daily. It's simply because I am not mindful of Him and all how dependent I truly am on Him. Our theme, please, you think about our theme and our theme verse. That should promote a heart of worship. I am completely dependent on Him. They saw that, so then they worshiped. They were punctual. May I say this? There was nothing to wait for to make them happy. There's nothing to wait for. And so as you go and look at secondly tonight, I want you to see this. We see their praise of God's power. Notice verse 2. You see, the Lord is my strength and song has become our salvation. You know, uh, He is my God. I will prepare habitation. My Father's God. I will exalt Him. I will exalt Him. Please remember, and I've already said this, I'm not going to go back and reread it or resummarize it. Remember the power of the enemy that was after them, that was symbolic of their bondage, that was chasing them. You see, uh, Moses, as he's leading them into this song, he wasn't saying, Well, I had a thumbnail yesterday, so God's my strength, and He's my help, and you know, uh, He's my song. No, he's saying, Oh, one of the greatest miracles, oh, the overcoming the greatest world power at the time. God is my strength. He is my song. He is, uh, he is my, 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 uh, my, my happiness, my salvation. That's who God is. And so we need to understand the magnitude of God's strength, the fact that how powerful the enemy may be, He is a song in my heart. Amen? The devil loves to step into your life and try to pull a bluff like Pharaoh did when they were there before the Red Sea and say, hey, we're coming to get you and, and bring this persona that there's no way out. I'm coming after you. To understand this, in those circumstances, as Moses saying, he is my salvation. He is my help. He is the overpowering power over the enemy. You think about this. As they were there at the Red Sea, they heard the thunder of, their, of the footsteps of Pharaoh and his army. 
They heard the clanging of, of, the, of the soldiers' armor. They heard the... Pr- look, look at verse 9. Look at verse 9. The enemy said, I will pursue them. I will overtake them. I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. They were coming to just get rid of them. And they, my dear friends, as they looked back, they heard the noise of that pride and that arrogance and that confidence that the enemy had. And, and in that, they looked back and said, you know what? Even of all of that, to the greatest pride man can bring to the table, to the greatest army that man can bring to the table, the fact that God is our covenantal God, He is our strength. He is our salvation, and He is my song. Aren't you thankful that you can sing through any circumstance of life? You can have a song in your heart, amen, because he's, that's, that's who God is to you. I'm thankful for that. We live in a time where people's hospitalized and COVID and ventilators and all. Folks, let me tell you something. In all of that, God still is our strength. He puts a song in our heart. He puts praise in our heart. That's, that's God. And they saw that then they sang a song. They, they were punctual with it. And they praised Him for His power. We look at verse 3. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is His name. If God was not a man of war, I would be in a lot of trouble right now. Because I have an adversary I can't handle. You have an adversary you can't handle. You may think you can, but you can't handle him. See, before he was your master. And the only one to break that master and servant relationship was the gospel of Christ. So in that sense, remember, it, it is God the one that must fight for you. You remember that? He said, listen, the Lord will fight for you. And he says, the Lord is the Lord of war. And I'm thankful, Brother Hopper, that I I can't fight those battles. I must yield to the one who can. And and if if God was not a God of war, then I would be in a lot of trouble today. Because I'm not powerful enough to vanquish my flesh, what my flesh enjoys. I'm not powerful to, to, to keep the mindset of worship and praise when circumstances change in my life. I am weak. People say, Jesus is for weak people. Yes, He is. I'm weak. You're weak. Thank God. God is a God of war. We need Him to fight for us. Amen? And He's willing to do that. And as you look at this, he says that um, he destroyed the rider and his horse. And I love that. You know, the rider was the one that was as, as an instrument with the sword to vanquish the people, but the horse was the power or the means to project that instrument, right, of, 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 as far as being an enemy, toward the people. So God not only fights and can destroy the instrument that opposes God's people or opposes Him, He destroys the power of which that launches that instrument out to uh, destroy or rebel or go against God's people. He destroys the horse and the rider. That's who God is. And I'm thankful for that. I can't do that. But God can. God's proved it here even in Exodus. And as you look at verse 11, notice this. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Don't you remember all the plagues? 
And what did he say? What did God say that I'm, I'm doing this? Because they're going to learn and see and reckon in their own mind that there is none like me in all the earth. And so they're singing this, Who is like unto the O Lord among the gods? Who is like the glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? The answer is there is none like him. None like him. There may be copycats out there. Things the devil dresses up to make you think maybe there is someone similar to God, but there is none like him at all. There is one that will come that will portray as to be the Lord, but there's none like him. None like him. They're praised of God's power. Can I tell you this? In verse 11, notice this. This is the purest form of praise. You don't praise and worship God thinking that, God, I help you out in this Christian life. You don't help God out. You don't liken yourself. See, there are some beliefs out there that you are, God has made you a God yourself. Amen? There's beliefs out there that you are also a God, if you will. No, my dear friend, you are not. You have no power. You have nothing of yourself to help you spiritually. It comes from God. They're praised for God's power. This is the purest worship, purest praise. Why? Because they said there is none like you. Do you understand what peace that brings into your own heart to reckon that daily in your worship, in your prayer, in your devotion? God, there is none like you. We should be reckoning that and praising God for that, no matter if there is a need, a parent need in your life or not. God, I am praising you because there is none like you. Because when you praise God, when needs, apparent needs maybe aren't there in your life, whether sickness or financial, whatever, when those times do come, you're going to keep singing, there is none like you. I will not quiver. I will not doubt because you stand alone compared to everything else. Their praise for God's power were an amazing, amazing thing. But let me take you to lastly. Let me share this with you. I want you to see that not only did they were punctual with their praise, that then they didn't allow time to elapse. They praised him when they saw what, what he did. They did not allow time to go by. They, they gave praise to the one who deserves it. But they praised him for his power. And I want you to see this in a few verses that they praised him for his protection. They praised him for his protection. Now look a little bit further down in our text. All right? Now remember, before we get to verse 13 is where we're going to go. God has led them out. Right? Led them out by the power of his mighty hand. Now look at verse 13. Thou and thy mercy has led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in thy strength unto thy holy habitation. You know where God was taking them? To a place in which he would dwell. God's purpose of removing them by his power was not only to remove them from one place, 
but to bring them in to another place of which he would dwell and commune and meet with them. An exodus of this people was also to, to go to a place to worship him in spirit and in truth. Can I remind you tonight that your exodus out of the bondage of sin was to be in the place of where God dwells? And that's the reason I believe that church, amen, is a great place to be, amen, with God's people. The, you know, the Word of God promises us that, that He will be with us, present when we worship. Uh, there's power in the assembling uh, together. Um, can I remind you of this as well, that this defeat of Egypt, you'll find going forward as you read a little bit further, like we read earlier, that all of these people, as you, as you read on down, the, the, the Canaanites and, and, and the Moabites and the Edomites and the, all of these that they're going to face, the people of which that would not, would not be as big of a power to defeat, that what just happened in their life was going to make them quiver when God's people approached them. And let me just say this. And it was just by coincidence that God brought them to the Red Sea instead of taking them the other route. God knew the very defeat and victory He needed to bring to them people. So as they go forward to the land that they would have to expel enemies and those that rebelled against God, God would protect them by first of all putting fear of what He just did for them into the enemies before they even get to them. Word travels fast about their God. People heard about the God of the Israelites. I, I remember, you know, even at Jericho, they heard, amen, they heard about the God they served, right? And so they, the enemies knew about the God that delivered them, that was with them. He protected them. He protected them as they went forward. He wanted them to be in the place where he was going to dwell. And let me just say this. After all of this, they did not have reservation. They spared no expense to build a tabernacle. They did not uh, have any reservation or spare expense to later on, as we'll know, to even build a temple. Because they wanted to be at that point in history where God was going to dwell. And I believe as we look in today's time that the local church, the body of believers, that God comes and He dwells and He is in the midst when we come together. And, and dear friend, I, and that, that is a part of worship. And what breaks my heart many times is people miss that imperative truth. That being a believer, I want to be as, as, as often as I can where God dwells. God dwells in His Word. God dwells within the body of believers when we come and worship. His Spirit is in our presence. Amen. Do you all believe that? And that's where we want to be. And let me also say this. You, dear friend, are a vessel that God dwells in. Amen. And that, sh that should really make your heart rejoice and worship. That they were able to go to a place in their life where God dwells because God defeated an enemy, the exiting out of bondage. The Bible tells me when I put my faith in Christ, that I exit out from bondage of the penalty of sin, and my body becomes a temple. My body becomes a, a dwelling place for the Lord. 
And that should always bring a heart of adoration to Him for that very reality in our life. And as they are going and God's led them out of Egypt, leading them forward to a land, to a place in which God is going to dwell and dwell with them and be, his, be their God and then be His people, notice this very end. Look at verse 17 and 18. Thou shalt bring them in and plant them in the mountain of thy inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in, in the sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands have established. The Lord shall reign for how long? One thing God taught them was this. That world powers come and go. Pharaoh was a great world power, was he not? Had his thumb on them. Remember the taskmasters and all of the oppression. You know what happened to that power? God sunk him and this horse. God destroyed, God destroyed that army. And they saw world power come down. And God's power elevate. And the one thing they learned, that God is like none other. That He will reign forever and ever. And so, dear friend, where God is taking you in your life, your God, the God of heaven, rules and reigns forever and ever. No matter where you're at, what you're going through, what battle you're facing, they were going to face many more battles on their way to build this tabernacle, on, our, on their way to even later on build this temple, the place of God's dwelling in the Old Testament. They were on their way. And I just want you to understand that, my dear friends, as you go forward, God reigns in heaven, and you belong to Him. No one can vanquish Him. No one can put a period on God's reign. God put a period on the reign of Pharaoh, but no power can put a period on God's reign. And my dear friends, they saw that, they believed that, and they praised Him for His protection. The God that exited us is the same God that's going to take us into the place where He's going to dwell, and He reigns forever. The very organization of this church, God was reigning 2021, guess what? God's still reigning. The Saint Jesus himself, my dear friend, said, I will build my church. Do you know he reigns today? That's his jurisdiction. Not mine and not even the gates of hell can prevail against it. And I'm thankful for that. Can, let me, remind, let me, let me get, share this quote with you and I'm going to come to a close. Matthew Henry said it this way. It is the unspeakable comfort of all God's faithful subjects, not only that He does reign universally and with an incontestable sovereignty, but that He will reign eternally and there shall be no end of His dominion. And well, you know what I can say to that? Praise God. Praise God. I go back to that song, This is my Father's world. God reigns. And he reigns sovereignly over it all. No one can vanquish him. And dear believer, let me leave you with this thought. You have every reason to worship him every moment of every day that God gives you. Would you agree with that? 
do not make the mistake in your life to delay worship to the one that deserves it. Never try to just make a checklist that I'll take care of worship tomorrow. Let worship be today's worship. Let tomorrow's worship be tomorrow's worship. Worship every day. Amen? Because here's a beautiful thing about worshiping Him. When you're worshiping Him, you're not worshiping you. And we've got a society today that wants you, most of all, to worship you. To revolve your life around you. Amen? Not God, but you. And one way of which to protect your heart from ever thinking about worshiping yourself is to worship the one who saved you. Amen? He is worthy to be praised every moment of every day. Let's stand to our feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed. We'll gather for a song of invitation.